From finance to family. It's meant for everyday people to understand and you don't have to stress about technical terms and stuff. They, they just say it like a real person. And maintaining your lifestyle. I'm ready to go fishing. It's time for Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth along with Kristen Charles. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. It's been financial news overload. I keep calling you saying this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. What does this mean? We're all over the place. Yeah. Nationally, gas price averages are up seven cents in the last week. That makes sense to me because various places have spring break at different times, and they always do that to us. Correct. So that's the only thing that makes sense to me so far. Are we going to have to go over everything that doesn't make sense to you or just the financial stuff, Kristen? Which, what are we going to do here today? Low blow, because there's a lot. Um, just the financial. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll keep right, it perfect. there. All right. So the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank makes the second largest shutdown of a bank in U.S. history, behind mm-hmm. the 2008 failure of Washington Mutual, I think. I heard the pundits say that if panic spreads, taxpayers could be on the hook like we were during the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009. Let's hope they're not right. I don't think they are, but keep going. Here's what President Biden said recently. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. There's just too much fodder there to pick on with Biden. He took no <laughs> questions at that press conference, by the uh, way. Took no questions and fumbled the teleprompter reader, whatever he's reading off of. You know, they tell him, hey, go read this and then come back in, whatever. <laughs> the reality is, and I'm not going to say that people should panic. And again, communication, we talk about it all the time when it comes to being an independent investment advisor and uh, helping clients, obviously, first and foremost, it's it's active management and portfolios. But then after that, when things like this come up, it's just, it's just communication. Obviously, people are going to have questions. How does this affect me? Am I in trouble? What if I have money in a bank? I had a call this past week from a client. I don't work with their daughter, but uh, their daughter has money in a California bank. Mm. And the day that they called me that the bank's share price was down 50%. Mm. So this particular bank, I mean, you you can see how somebody would be concerned. And so I got some information from them. How much does she have in the bank? And, you know, what are they going to use the money for? That kind of a thing. And does it need to be liquid? So after you get through all of the questions, then you get back to, well, is the money protected? Well, people have heard of FDIC. Mm-hmm. Again, Biden kind of fumbled that answer. But FDIC is uh, an insurance for uh, $250,000 on the account. So then the question becomes, am I protected? Say, like, well, if the bank fails, do you have more or less than $250,000 in the account? And if it's $250,000 or less, you should be protected. But I think where you were going, Kristen, or at least what you're referring to was, can the FDIC actually back all of the banks? The answer right. is no. So there's not enough money. And so when Biden comes out and says, hey, it's no big deal. Don't worry. Um, we all you've flash- got FDIC. Yeah. We all flash back to a repeat of the 2008 financial crisis. It's a system that is supposed to work until it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so, and we've seen it not work. And we've seen it not work. And so concerns that people have about is their money safe is, well, what if my bank fails? And then isn't the FDIC supposed to protect it? And the answer is that it should. So, you know, I, I, again, we, 
we get irritated by advertising that uses scare tactics, right? Mm -hmm. to, to, to scare people out of one investment into another one. I don't think that the majority of people, at least at this point, should be afraid that the bank is going to fail. I think that we should keep an eye on it. This is not a, a scenario similar to the financial crisis of 2008, but you do want to understand where you're at and, and how your bank is likely to work. So basically, if, if everybody makes a run on the bank at the same time, there's going to be a problem. But what the government's going to try to do and what, again, Biden was trying to do, just not very effectively, because it's kind of hard to have confidence in, you mm -hmm. know, reading and leaving. Um, <laughs> reading and it, leaving. Yeah, reading and leaving, uh, which is kind of what he does. But reading and leaving is it's not a lot of confidence. But as long as they can instill confidence so people don't make a run on the banks, then it's not a big deal. And there, there really isn't a reason that Silicon Valley Bank should be a barometer for the entire you know banking system to collapse. But they're going to have to find a way to instill confidence. And I, I, so I think our... <laughs> You know, now that we're talking about it, I think our biggest risk is Biden. I mean, he's yeah. just not instilling confidence. That's not that wasn't great reading and leaving. But if they get some people up there and still more confidence, I, I think it's going to be OK. And, you know, we saw banks react very negatively, at least initially to this and, mm -hmm. and then bouncing back. This particular bank the client was asking me about, they said, well, hey, listen, you know, I said, well, it's down 50 percent, to be honest with you. This is not a, an investment recommendation we would make to a client because most of our clients are retired or very close to it. But I'm looking at this particular bank being down 50% primarily because Silicon Valley Bank went upside down. I'm going, hey, listen, anything that loses 50% in a day is mm. potentially a win if we bought some of it. We didn't. Hindsight, we probably should have. But again, we're not going to take that kind of risk with clients' money, Kristen. Uh, that's just like a day trader kind of a thing. Bottom line, if you're concerned about your money, you want to make sure it's safe. I think for the most part, it probably is. I'm less worried about the banks. I'm more worried about the overall economy. We think markets between now and summer just aren't going to do well. And I think when it comes to the Fed and what they're likely to do, they've raised rates as aggressively as has ever happened historically. It's still not working. We still have inflation. They still pump trillions of dollars into this economy. If you retired or very close to it, you got to find a way to navigate that, in our opinion. And I don't think hang in there is that. So we're getting calls week after week from people saying, hey, listen, my advisor is telling me to hang in there. Or I met with somebody, they're trying to sell me a financial product. Or should I just get out of this market and go? I mean, it's, it's, it's very attractive right now. I mean, you could bury your head in the sand, Kristen, meaning get out of equities mm -hmm. and go get uh, somewhere close to four and a half percent on treasuries or money markets or something. And so that's just something that I think on our program or personally at the office, if somebody wants to give us a call, we're just helping people navigate this. You know, should I stay committed to the market? Should I hang in there? Should I look at active management? Should I just say, oh, you know what? Forget it for now. I'm just going to go get four and a half percent. I mean, that that's a pretty good option. I mm -hmm. mean, do you think the market's going to be up more than four and a half percent between now and the end of the year with all doesn't this volatility like doesn't really feel like it and if you don't feel like it obviously people are going listen i can get four and a half percent guaranteed maybe i should do that so this is where don't hang in there work with an independent investment advisor again not one that's pretending to be one and then they turn around and try to sell you a product like an annuity or something but one that's actually going to walk you through all of the investment options i think the biggest argument against a financial product right now, again, I'm picking on annuities because we kind of do that sometimes <laughs> on this show, 
why would you lock your money up in an annuity if you could get four and a half percent on cash? I mean, I would hate to be sure. an annuity salesperson right now because my only leverage would be scare tactics and I'm competing against four and a half percent guaranteed on liquid money. I mean, uh, unfortunately, last year was their best year in history, which mm-hmm. uh, makes no sense the to me. annuity business, but yeah. Because they didn't tell anybody they could get 4.5% guaranteed, right? And maybe they mm-hmm. couldn't do it for the whole year. But So it's all about information. It's all about being flexible and liquid. If you want to work with somebody, work with an independent financial advisor that has a vested interest in you doing well. I've heard you talk with clients about inverse options, inverse positions maybe is what it's called and for listeners and me clearly that are not familiar with that alternative option what does that mean and is it better than going to cash for those that are feeling some of this economic anxiety that's a great question Kristen. and and, i mean inverse it 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 could be better than cash it could be worse so inverse just means we're going to trade in the opposite direction or inverse direction of the market so if the market's up, an inverse position is going to be down. Again, there's lots of these positions, so we'd have to get into a little more detail personally with clients. But the opposite of that is true. If the market is down, an inverse position is going to be up. So we believe markets are going to be down considerably between now and, uh, say, summer. It's not that's, – that's, we believe it. It's not exact. But we want the ability to help clients grow their money. So if we believe strongly markets are going to be down – and I know a lot of people feel that way with everything going on – then we could use inverse positions to help them capture the opposite side of the market. So if you were 100% inverse, the S&P 500, for example, and you had a one-to-one relationship with that inverse, meaning if the S&P is down 1%, you're up 1%, or if the S&P is up 1%, you're down 1%. If it was inverse and the S&P was down 20% between now and summer, you would actually be up 20%. Okay. However, if it was up 20% between now and summer, you would be down 20%. So active management encompasses a lot. I mean, sometimes it's fixed positions like money markets because we uh, don't really have a, a lot of confidence in which direction the market's going to trade. But for us, it encompasses inverse positions so that as markets are down, we can help clients make money. Now, we will pivot from those inverse positions to more traditional bullish positions or normal positions when we believe markets are going to go up. And know that there is not a standard plan our advisors implement for Talon's clients because your plan should be as unique as you are. So maybe inverse options are the way to go. Maybe there's other ideas. Find out more at guardingyournestegg.com. What do you say we let the financial part rest for just a half moment here and turn from the financial section to the sports section? Because for basketball fans, that means not you, Mike. The rest of the country is mostly in on this. March is an exciting month for college basketball. I know about college basketball. What do you know? (laughs) Well, I know about March is uh, big for NCAA tournaments. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot going on. I know there's brackets. I don't know a lot. I mean, I'd be throwing a dart when it comes. I just don't follow it. Listen, I did travel with the Florida Gators on a basketball trip. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah. Because so. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Yeah, and they you... were nice enough to have us along for the ride. We traveled with the team, went to the game, we won. It was great. Yeah. But didn't make it to the tournament. Sorry about that, UF. The rest of us are looking to find out who wins it all on Monday, November 3rd. But there's always upsets that hurt our brackets. <laughs> Defense! 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 
and the crowd gets angry when the upsets happen. And speaking mm-hmm. of brackets, Nerd Wallet found less than two in five Americans realize that income tax brackets are commonly adjusted for inflation. And Wallet Hub found that 81% of people are more worried about inflation than taxes this year. Now, Mike, you are not a CPA. You are a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor and the founder of Talon Wealth. And thankfully, part of the planning you and the Talon team do includes a realistic view of inflation and knowing what's going on with a client's tax bracket so you can hopefully help them reduce their future retirement tax obligation. It's important stuff. Well, it is important stuff. And obviously, inflation has been front of mind here for a while as the Fed. You know, we, we got some crazy inflation numbers early in uh, 2022. Fed's been raising rates to try to combat that. I mean, I guess they've done a little bit of a job. It hasn't been very effective. It's all just so backwards. And I think that's why people are so concerned. We all know that if you just print a ton of money, it's a problem. Where does it come from? And it's this idea with government and then also some individuals who sort of live paycheck to paycheck, I guess, where there's just belief that it doesn't matter how much I spend, there's always going to be a way to get out of it. And then you just dig yourself into a hole. So the government dug themselves into a hole. So I guess that means us as a, uh-huh. a nation, an economy, dug ourselves a hole, even if we didn't vote for it necessarily with all of the spending. And now we've got all of these inflation problems. So it makes sense to me that inflation is more front of mind than taxes because people tend to put things off. And the one that's facing them every day is uh-huh. inflation. So everything costs more right now. And so that's a concern. Now, we could argue that in the future, the inflation numbers probably come down, but taxes are always going to be there. So a responsible financial plan, a comprehensive financial plan, should take all of this into consideration, even though these things are going to change. So, you know, right now, if we're putting together a financial plan for an individual or for a couple or a family, they're going to be asking a lot of questions about inflation. What do we think about inflation? What about inflation rates? Are things going to be more expensive in the future? Can I still afford to retire? Because now it costs me more than it would have, say, two years ago. And we can incorporate all of that into a financial plan. But again, you you mentioned, well, no, we're not accountants. We're not CPAs. Mm -hmm. We work with them. Yeah. But the taxes have to be a part of any responsible financial plan. So I'll give you an example that I found annoying, you Uh-oh. know, things, you know, Uh-oh. I get annoyed. I get annoyed with stuff. If I've been doing this a long time. If you're in and you've got your seatbelt on, thank goodness. Here we go. This one isn't quite so bad. I mean, it's bad, but there's a, um, a financial planning company, probably lots of great financial advisors there. But one of my clients had said, well, I was talking to this company and it's a larger national company mm-hmm. and, and I had them do a financial plan for me and they said this or they said that. Well, we were due for a review meeting, so we sat down for the review meeting, and and we went through it, and he brought in the financial plan that this company had put together for him. Financial planning is, it is complicated, but there are some standards to financial planning in the financial services industry. Because of regulation, you you have to be very specific, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you don't want to mislead someone, right, when it comes to retirement. So, So the standards and... Nobody really wants to know all about this, but we use things called Monte Carlo simulations and averages and probabilities moving forward. It is. I mean, kind of, if you think about it. But what it does is it's an analysis. Now, the reason I was annoyed 
with what this company had put together for this client is they had put together their version of a financial plan and the assumption that they made for this client was that they were going to make exactly 6% every year into perpetuity, huh. right? That will skew numbers because there isn't an investment out there. And by the way, if somebody's telling you you're, you're guaranteed 6% for the rest of your life, so call that 20 or 30 years, that, that it, it, is, it doesn't work that way. You get an average rate of return, right? So you could statistically calculate an average of 6%, meaning some years I do better, some years I do worse. But if you run a financial plan where every year you make 6% and then you hand that financial plan over to a client as more or less gospel, this is what's going to happen to you. The financial plan fails the first year because what if you don't make 6%? Mm. It's not an average. It's a fixed rate. And so that just really annoyed me because in my opinion, and I can't say it's actually factual, but I, in my opinion, I don't know how the heck you're going to get 6% every single year, right? You might get more, you might get less. And so to me, the plan failed and it was annoying. And I felt like it was misleading to the client because, again, what about inflation? What about uh, taxes? What about this conversation? We talk a lot about working with an independent investment advisor. And the reason we say that is independent to me means it's an investment advisor that isn't tied to a particular business model of a particular firm. So I like the idea of independent. The next, we we would just like for people to work with independent investment advisors that are fee-only fiduciaries. Why? Because by definition, they wouldn't be selling you financial products. They would be working with you as your partner in retirement. Meaning gotcha. if you're doing well, your advisor's doing well. This is where think products, you know, things like uh, mutual funds that uh, are paying a, a front-end load to an advisor, a real estate investment trust that's paying a commission, annuities they are paying commissions. Like all of these things, in our opinion, and I'd love to have somebody on the program sometime to argue this <laughs> against, but, you know, they just, they just don't seem to want to be on our show to do that. But argue with me how you can be a fiduciary and take a big commission up front. What's, what's your vested interest in your client doing well? You've already been paid. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how the annuity performs, it doesn't affect your income. And so we believe if you can work with an independent financial advisor, that's a fee-only fiduciary, you know, they may not do great for you every single year, but at least they have a vested interest in you doing well. And so when we invite people to sit down with us, we're just going to have a conversation about how we do things, how it works, what a fee-only fiduciary relationship looks like, what active wealth management looks like, and what a relationship might look like for you if somebody's showing you all of the investment options that are available and helping you make an informed decision. That's something Mike is very passionate about. So passionate that I'm now nervous, Mike, because you uh, uttered the A word. And uh, that means that you are fired up about annuities again. <laughs> you get paid to keep me off my soapbox. Don't get me started on something that upsets me. I just won't stop. But yeah. sometimes I try to get you off it and I get bit in the process almost you know oh because so, you let me go too far uh, you know, yeah because i was like too I, was, amped. I was way i was too into it <laughs> and then you try to stop me yeah so. uh, that's what makes us friends though is because it yeah. doesn't matter at the end of the day i know that passion well, why comes... do i let this stuff get to me you because know, why you're do passionate, i care what man? other people are telling people anyway our listeners don't want to hear this but you know you do something that you care about and you hear somebody and you're like i know where they're going with this uh-huh. i know what they're doing it's so anyway. And it's not what's best for and everybody. It's just and it's not and cool. It's they're helping themselves before they help other people. Um, and it whatever. gets you fired up. And I think that's normal. It does. We were talking off 
Mike before today's show about yeah. how I was picking on you because you get on your soapbox so much. And I said, where does that come from? And you were talking about as a kid, I just always felt bad if somebody else was being picked on and stuff. And I think it just continues on. And I'm the same way. I used to take up for boys that were being picked on in between other boys. I mean, what girl sure. does that at like four? I did. Well, it's just being an advocate, yeah. you know, helping people and whatever. And you see somebody hurting people. In this case, it's not physical, it's financial. Mm-hmm. And you're just going, geez, you know, like, whatever. But if it was but, physical, you jump into. I know you enough to say that. Oh, I'm getting old, Kristen. I mean, like, <laughs> okay, I gotta, maybe not. I'm like tap some younger guy on the shoulder like hey see that person over there you can you go help him out <laughs> you should probably do you should probably do some i might get hurt yeah well yeah. i almost hate to push our luck on this week's episode but the story you just told reminded me of how earlier in the show we talked about inverse options might be a good idea with volatile times on wall street yes mm-hmm. that i get that and you know that the consumers listening, most of us just feel like things just aren't right right now. Something's off. So whether our listeners have an advisor or or DIY investors, a lot of people are wondering if they should go to cash. We've talked about a little bit earlier on in the show or even a money market account since rates are at about four-ish percent or maybe even bonds for safety. But Mike, I've heard, and I'm so sorry, if we're talking about dollars and cents. You're about cents, to get me on a but soap my yeah. I've got to be real with you. If you're talking yeah. dollars and cents, I'm looking for the most dollars and cents, right? Sure. I've heard other advisors talk about annuities that pay 5% sometimes. And that's mm-hmm. higher than 4-ish percent. So why wouldn't we at least investigate that? First of all, I would investigate it, right? So we, and, and I mean, I, well, you why would. not? I think uh, an investor should. I think one of our listeners should. There's more to it than that. So what's interesting to me about that comment is, could I find an annuity right now that was paying 5% or more? The answer is is yes. It would be in the form of what's called a MYGA, a multi-year guaranteed annuity. It's just a, it's kind of a plain vanilla fixed annuity, and it's going to have a term. It's going to have a guaranteed rate. So let's say that I'm not looking at one right now, but I think that they're out there. So a five-year fixed annuity at, let's say it's 5.3% per year. Uh What that means, it's kind of like a CD. You put your money in, you're going to get 5.3% per year for the next five years. There's going to be a penalty to move more than the free withdrawal amount out. So I think some people would gravitate towards that. But... The number one problem is there are people talking about it in advertising. Well, that's why I heard it. <laughs> with, yeah, okay. Uh, they're talking about it with zero intent to move you into it. Where I've seen it is bait and switch. Mm. Hey, let me talk to you about this 5.3. They don't get much commission on those, so they don't like to sell them. I'm not saying to everybody, but what I've seen is they don't like to sell them. What they want to sell you is what's called a fixed indexed annuity, because those are the ones that are paying the you know seven or eight or maybe more percent commission. And so they'll kind of bait you with, well, hey, come in, we'll talk. Oh, by the way, I've got this other one, and it's got guaranteed income for life, and it's got a guaranteed 7%. Would you rather get 7 than 5.3? That's the problem, Kristen, is there is no guaranteed 7% growth on your principal. It's an income writer, and the reason I get in my soapbox, and we're running out, I'm about to run out of time here, but I can't go too far. Listen, if somebody is guaranteeing you stock market participation, no risk of loss, a seven or an eight or something percent growth every single year, income for life, 
it's all hogwash, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not making 7 or 8% per year. It goes into what's called an income rider. They call it guaranteed income for life, but a large part of that distribution, if not all of that income, is your own principal. I don't feel like if I give you money and you're handing me my own money back for the rest of my life, to me, that's not income. I, I'm just mm-hmm. burning up principal. So now you're hacking me off. All right, so <laughs> I'm sorry, gonna, I heard that. Yeah, ad. all right. So, well, it's that this is why it's a problem, Kristen. Mm-hmm. And would I put my money in a fixed annuity for five years at 5.3%? Maybe, but I still like liquidity. There's money markets paying 47 so I got to look I mean, at the, close the, the time value, yeah. you know, the value of money over time and flexibility. Would I take 4% on liquid versus locking it up at 5.3 for that five? I, I don't know. I mean, that that's a per individual choice. But this bait and switch thing hacks me off. It's happening all over the place. Just be careful out there. So we're going to take Mike's coffee away for the rest of the day because he gets passionate about these topics. Gosh, I hacked him off. I don't think he's ever said that to me. But I used a stronger word last yes. weekend and you reprimanded me for it. So I'm going with hacked from now. <laughs> but the reason I ask these questions is I'm like you listening. I'm hearing and seeing these advertisements and it makes you wonder, hey, maybe that's not a bad idea. That's why we ask about it on this show. Join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license D056341. California license 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Learfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.